Hi, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner. Decided to bring my man back to the show and answer some listener questions. I love answering listener questions, and I thought it'd be fun to do it with Stephanos because he's also a coach and a healer and someone who's had a lot of experience in dating and relating and has learned a lot from that. And that is the topic of today's show. All of the questions have to deal with relationships and dating. And we tackle a few different topics, including what to do when someone cheats in a relationship, how to deal with the pain of being single, and also how to kind of get back out there, how to date, especially if you're an introvert. We start with the question about cheating, and I want you to know that we actually go back to that question and discuss it more towards the end of the show. So if that's the question you're most interested in, definitely listen to the end of the episode as well. Before I dive in, I want to tell you about a couple things. Of course, you know my signature retreat is coming up in March. That one's only for women. That is more than halfway sold out, so you're going to want to grab your seat there. Not even really a seat. It's more of a spot. We don't do a lot of sitting. <laughs> it's a very experiential workshop. It's I like to call it a, an emotional colonic, which doesn't sound too advertising. I'm sure some PR or marketing person listening would be cringy that I called my retreat that, but it really is just a purging of emotions that are holding you back and that are forming obstacles in your life that you may not even know about. You know, so much of not having what we want in life or continuing to have a lot of what we don't want in life comes from old wounding and old emotions and limiting beliefs that are sitting there. So you can learn more at christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. I also want to tell you about another opportunity for all you coaches out there. You may or may not know that I'm the master coach for the Primal Health Certification Program. So maybe you've heard of Primal Health. It's Mark Sisson's company and brand. It's an amazing organization and they certify health coaches. And we always have a masterclass where health coaches from around the world come and get additional training on how to become even more exceptional coaches and how to build a business as a coach. And what's so exciting about the next masterclass is that we are opening it up to any kind of coach. It doesn't matter if you're primal health coach trained or not, and even life coaches. So although a lot of the people there will be from the primal health coach certification program, we're not talking about health coaching specifically. It's really about becoming a masterful coach. We spend one day on that and then one day on business building. It's super, super valuable. This year, it's going to be in Austin in April. And if you're interested in that, the website is primalhealthcoach.com slash Austin dash masterclass. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well. All right. That's enough of an intro. Let's get to the questions. Here we go. Hi, babe. Thanks for joining me on the show today to answer some questions. It's so good to be back here. We're going to answer some questions about relationships. We are. And we're still fairly new, right? Six months into our relationship, but we've learned some things both in relationship <laughs> and... And out of. And out of. Yeah. You know, we both had quite a journey to get to this relationship. And I know this is a hot topic for many people, and it's always fun to have you here to help me answer the questions. So we ha- we got a lot of questions for people. Thank you so much for sending your questions in. And if you do have questions that you want us to answer specifically on love and relationships, just email assist at christinehaster.com, and Sarah will add you to the list. So our plan, our intention is to get to three questions today. Mm. Knowing how verbose we can be, mm. we might only get to two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 
The first question is from Nicole, and she writes, my question comes from an expectation hangover I'm currently facing. My boyfriend cheated on me. It was a one-time thing, and he told me immediately after it happened. We're still deciding how we're going to move forward and whether or not we're going to stay together. I was wondering your take on this situation and if you have any advice on how to make that decision. Okay, thanks so much for your question. So first of all, Nicole, you have, I think I can speak for both of us, you have our compassion because dealing with any kind of betrayal is always really, really, really hard. And there's so many things that go on inside. It's not only triggering in terms of the relationship, but it triggers any unworthiness we have, any fear, any trust issues, any fear of abandonment, any fear of not being good enough. So you've brought this situation into your life because you're really wanting to learn and heal from it. So just know that even though it really, for lack of a better word, sucks right now, it's for you. A couple things I would say is I think it's hard to decide whether you want to be together like with each other right now, right? He's feeling tremendously guilty. I would imagine you're feeling tremendously hurt. And this might be a really ideal time to get some outside help in making this decision. I would suggest that you maybe take a little space, get someone that can help you discern what you really value and what you really want. And also why this has come into your life. Like I said, this is a massive healing opportunity for you, not just regarding him, but regarding anything from your past it's bringing up. Did you have a parent that cheated on the other parent? Has infidelity always been something you fear? Is self-worth a big issue for you? And then this cheating and infidelity just adds to the evidence of that untrue belief that you're not worthy or not enough in some way. So the situation is rich with your own healing opportunities. And I think if you look there first, rather than do I want to be in the relationship or not, then you're going to get more clarity about whether or not you want to be in the relationship. But it's almost like you're trying to make a decision about the relationship without doing your own healing work around the cheating first. I deeply, deeply resonate and agree with that, darling, and and I couldn't probably have said it better myself, but I will extend a little bit on that. And so for me, I very much always do my best to look at what is the teaching here for me? So if I feel betrayed or if I feel something has happened to me, I allow myself to sit with that, not for too long, of course, because that can be unhealthy, and then really reframe that position and and ask myself, why is this happening for me and and what is the the value and the wisdom that I can extract from this and what is it teaching me about myself? I know that when Christine and I have disagreements or if we're seeing life from different perspectives, it can trigger me. It can trigger past pain and fear and wounding. And Christine does an amazing job to be very compassionate in that space. I'm going to speak from very personal experience, of course. And in that compassion, it gives me an opportunity to breathe, to not feel so constricted. And then I'm able to be more compassionate with myself. So to really extend on what Christine has said is can you can you sit with yourself and, and hold compassion for yourself and with yourself whilst you're moving through this? And it is too early to make a decision whether you stay together, whether you break up. 
because right now it's volatile. Mm-hmm. Right now, right now it's angry. Angry, yeah. yeah. You're moving through emotions and if you don't allow yourself to feel those emotions and you go to problem solving or fixing or, or trying to find a solution or an outcome, you're going to bypass some really valuable teaching and some really valuable wisdom that you can then assimilate and integrate into your own life and carry that forward whether you remain with your boyfriend or whether you don't. And so taking this time, Christine mentioned creating some space, taking this time to really reflect on what your needs are, what you're feeling, allowing yourself to feel this, allowing yourself to experience this and allowing also, again, once you move beyond that point is is allowing your boyfriend to also feel his feelings as well. And Christine mentioned this, no doubt he will be feeling tremendous guilt. I've been in that position before and I've been on the receiving end. And having been that person that has conducted infidelity and has cheated, it is true. I was filled with tremendous guilt and shame, tremendous guilt and shame. And, and that in and of itself, that brought up a lot of stuff, old stuff, old pain, wounding and fear. It also gave me perspective and I had that opportunity because I created space for myself and I didn't rush into making a decision about, oh, if I've cheated on this person, therefore I don't want to be with them, therefore the relationship's not for me, I'm going to get out of here. And instead of rushing into that decision, it was more looking at what's the source of what I'm doing and who mm-hmm. I'm being and and what what's the value here for me and for this other person, for my partner at that time. Well, and also if you can ultimately forgive because, you know, first you got to process your anger and Mm -hmm. all of that, but you're also going to have to make the decision at some point of is this something you can forgive, not just in the sense that you don't hold it over his head for the rest of his life because that's going to be no fun for him Mm -hmm. and no fun for you either. Holding on to resentment is, is not fun for the person holding on to it as well. But also you don't want to live in fear. So in that forgiveness, Mm -hmm. if you do decide to be together You've got to let go of also the fear that he's going to do it again. And that's a, a big part of how you let go of that fear is you see him doing his work around it. You know, I'm confident. I don't have fears of Steph cheating on me because, one, I wouldn't attract a man who'd do that because I've worked through – I've had that experience before and I've worked through my learnings and healings around that. But, two, I know he's done his internal work that caused him to cheat in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so that's really clear. So there's there's a lot of layers here. And I think that letting yourself be okay with not deciding and just taking some space to do your own healing work around that and not forcing a decision right now is probably the best thing that you can do. And we both send you our love. That's not it. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy situation, but but rich, rich, rich with healing. So milk it for all it's worth in terms of the healing opportunities that are here. And you, you both as a couple are having an opportunity to go through a really challenging situation. And ultimately, if you both do your own work and work together, it can be something that, that brings you closer. Mm-hmm. I can think of many couples that have had infidelity so that have yeah. gotten to the other side of it. And it hasn't, it was a one-time thing and it wasn't repetitive. I can think of other people who swept mm. it under the rug, who held on to the resentment, who mm. just did the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but didn't really do the healing work. And then it showed up again. You get to decide how you want to walk through this. Okay. Next question from Katie. I'm wondering how I can be okay with being single slash lonely on a day-to-day basis. I'm almost 30, single, and recently heartbroken, and right now it seems like every day I have to consciously surrender to where my life is right now. 
It's really hard, and quite frankly, I'm getting frustrated with myself that I just can't get over it. I wonder if you had certain practices you did on a daily basis to combat the loneliness, expectation, hangover, while still holding hope within you that someday a loving relationship will happen for you. Okay, Katie. So first, I highly recommend my Get Over It and On With It love course. It's my Get Over a Breakup course. And even though you're not necessarily getting over a breakup, you are getting over heartache and mm. learning how to have a relationship with yourself. So that's christinehasler.com slash love dash course. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but highly, highly recommend that for you. So you have some tools. What I feel in reading your email, the thing that's really at the root of your pain is your attachment to a relationship and your belief that being in a relationship would ease the loneliness. So the only reason I ever suffered when I was single was due to what I made the singleness mean. So you're making it mean something that it doesn't necessarily mean. You're putting this timeline of yourself of, oh, I'm almost 30, which by the way, is very young. You have plenty of time and you're making this single time mean that you're doing something wrong because you don't have a partner. I hear you that you're frustrated with yourself that you just can't get over it, but that is revelatory of what really is at the core of this, which is how you're being a partner to yourself. My guess is you're pretty hard on yourself. My guess is you have high expectations of yourself. My guess is you like control. And my guess is also you have an opportunity right now to lean into more self-love, to learn how to become a better partner to yourself, and to really trust and surrender and enjoy your life. And know that loneliness only occurs because of the story we're telling ourselves in our head when we're alone. And there are so many beautiful ways to be connected. So that's kind of the broad strokes. But in terms of the daily basis, a meditation practice of some kind, getting out in the world and connecting with friends, doing things that bring you joy, that can be, you know, for me, a lot of times it's work. I love what I do, but it's also creative practices. And then really monitoring self-talk, you know, really asking yourself, all right, I'd like to have a partner someday. Is the way I'm talking to myself in my own head the way I want to speak to that person someday? And if not, shift it because we're constantly creating our future relationships by our relationship with ourselves. So I feel your opportunity right now, what your soul is really craving is for you to have a more loving, connected relationship with yourself and release the attachment to having a relationship, the timing of it, and really, really change what you're making this time of being single mean. Mm. You know, so for me, I am a big believer in if we're to flourish in relationship, we need to be able to flourish in our singledom. And there's there's a time and a space for relationship and we can learn and grow so much in relationship. And there's a time and space to be on our own, to spend time with ourselves, to get to know who we are at greater depth. And again, I really resonate, I really resonate with pretty much everything Christine says. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> not I can everything. think of a couple examples. <laughs> not everything, but a great, a great deal, especially in the, in the matters of life that are really deeply important. And so Learning new skills, learning new things in life is really fun. Mm. And so having fun and play in your life. And so creating circumstances, Christine mentioned spending time with friends, like really surround yourself with people that you love and that you care about and that care about you and that respect you and that revere you and that trust you and that you trust them and that you respect them. And you're creating those circumstances in your life. And essentially you're living the life that you want to live Mm -hmm. by design, by architecture. 
irrespective of whether you have a partner in your life or not, that's not relative. What's relative is that you are living life on your terms. And so when you create that space for yourself to have fun, to play, to enjoy the richness and the fullness of life, what generally happens is that if you are to be in relationship, that relationship will mimic or mirror your life as it is now. And so spending time on your own doesn't need to be seen as something dismal. You know, Christine mentioned uh, about what are you giving meaning to right now? Mm-hmm. And so if you give meaning to your life as, as a person that's single, with not being in romantic, intimate relationship, as, as an opportunity to grow and get to know you and get to know what you really love and care about and what your highest values are and what's most important to you, you'll be able to carry that flame in intimate relationship. And what will happen is you'll notice when you do meet someone, you'll notice if there's a real authentic alignment there, if there's a core essence alignment because you've spent the time knowing you. So instead of getting frustrated with yourself, you end up having fun with yourself, getting to know you at an intimate level. Well, and Katie, just to call you out a little gently here, you've got a little neediness right now to your Mm. energy and and you can attract someone on that because Mm. there's a lot of attachment. But long term, I don't think that's the kind of relationship you want. Mm. I think you really want a relationship where you feel met and you have more joy and fun and you're not attracting from a needy a needy place or a place of attachment. Because also, and I, I don't know, I'm going to make an assumption that you want to bring a man in. If I'm wrong in that assumption, I apologize. But if you're wanting to bring a male in, you know, needy energy isn't the best aphrodisiac. And so really, like we both are saying, falling in love with your life is, and that's how we met. Like we Mm. met because I decided, you know, I'm going to stop putting effort into trying to find a partner and I'm just going to be the best partner to myself and enjoy my life. And I know logically that that's the best way I'm going to bring in someone that really is a fit for me. I'm just going to be in my life, doing my life, doing my things open, you know, open, not shut down with an open heart. And with the hope and the belief, not just hope, but the belief that eventually we'd smack into each other. Hmm. And eventually we did. We did. And it wasn't through a dating app or trying or super effort. It was Mm. like graceful, living our life Mm. kind of thing. So enjoy you, Katie. You sound awesome. Date (laughs) yourself. Have fun. Let go of the attachment. Stop making single mean you have some like terrible illness or disease or disorder. Like enjoy. Okay. Tom, let's take one from a guy. So Tom says, recently divorced after 12 years, have two wonderful kids and been very fortunate to be part of growing a massive business. I won't say the number, but it's big. The reality is I'm by nature an introvert and the idea of finding a future love interest beyond superficial dating sites scares the crap out of me. I also don't want to be anyone's project getting set up with random women. I would love your suggestions on how you made the brave step to put yourself out there to meet others and any tips you learned along the way. Mm. Well, maybe I'll I'll lead with this one. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned something around you don't want to be anyone's project getting set up with random women. And I just want to take I don't take this opportunity to tell a story. Mm. And I'm not great at telling stories. I, I, I get them a little bit along sometimes and sometimes I miss the point completely. So let's just hope I get this right. Because <laughs> what I'm hearing is you're an introvert but you also want to find future love. Otherwise you wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be asking the question. At the same time, there are certain expectations or certain ideas you have around how that will transpire. So... There's a man and in his town 
it's uh, is this story about you? No. Oh. <laughs> There's a man and in his town. It's an old parable. Oh. And the town is flooding. And he gets to the top of his roof and he says to himself, and out loud, God will save me. Have you heard this story? No, but now I know it's not you because <laughs> you would be like, I've got it covered. I'm going to save myself and 500 other people in this town. I can take this water. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be arrogant to think I can take the water. I'll just be with the water. No, I know the story. It's, you know the the story. Hell, it's like, yeah, pray yeah, for this, yeah, pray yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll get through it as quick as possible. This would be fun anyway. At, at the worst, you'll, you'll go, oh, this guy, just hurry up and tell the story. <laughs> As you're probably saying now, a little bit of humor doesn't hurt. Okay, so he gets to the top of his roof and he says, God will save me. A, a speedboat comes with one of the one of the sheriffs and says, John, let's go. We're, we've, we've got to go. And John's like, no, no, God will save me. And so this flood, it's, it's just getting worse and worse and the, the water level's rising and, and God will save me. And then a bigger boat comes and says, John, we've got to go. We're evacuating the whole town. And nope, God will save me. He's defiant. And then a helicopter comes and the water level is rising and the helicopter comes and says, John, this is your last and final chance. Like, we can't come back. The, the storms are uh, hectic and we, we really need to get out of here. And John's like, nope, God will save me. So John drowns and he's at the pearly oh, gate. Poor, <laughs> poor John. It's such a sad story. He brought it on himself though. <laughs> and, he, and he comes to the pearly gates and he says, God, I had faith in you. You're meant to save me. And God said, well, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. And so the point of the story is I'm hoping you've made the connection, but if you haven't, it's okay, is that what's fundamentally wrong with a close friend that cares about you wanting to put you together with someone else that they may think is a good match? Would you rather a close friend does that that knows you or an algorithm on a dating site? Or maybe you can also just be open to being in a coffee shop, having a coffee, seeing someone and going, wow, mm -hmm. that woman is beautiful. I'm scared right now, but I'm going to walk up to her and I'm going to give her my number or I'm at least going to say hello and introduce myself. Mm -hmm. And so, again, the point is can you be open to meeting th this future partner, this future love interest? Again, beyond superficial dating, if that's not part of your value set, however you define superficial dating, but being really open to any and every way. And not limiting yourself. Well, my biggest takeaway from your story was it's about letting go of control and the way you think mm. it needs to look. Mm. So, Tom, you built a billion-dollar business. I have a sneaky suspicion you're good at getting things done and mm. you might be a bit controlling in your life because it's hard to build a business of that size if you're not. And when it comes to the heart and when it comes to dating – and really opening yourself up to the magic of meeting someone, you can't control that. And so instead of putting rules and guidelines about what you don't want and already making the assumption that any dating is going to be superficial or anyone that you get set up with is going to be random, can you surrender? Can you surrender? And especially if you're an introvert, then surrendering is even more important because as an extroverted introvert myself, I either I either go super, super controlling and like get things done that way or I kind of go into resignation because the thing about introverts is we don't often have like a lot of push, like a lot of output. So like just being out there socially for us is more draining than it is really life enhancing. So as introverts, it's even sometimes more important to like really, 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 really deeply surrender. So I think the lesson here 
for you in terms of dating is to let go of control, let go of the way you think it needs to be, have fun with it. Fun is a theme today in what we're talking about. Have fun with it and allow yourself to be surprised. And you know what? Like superficial conversations can also lead to deep conversations. Sometimes people are nervous in the beginning and they need to have a bit of a superficial conversation. So don't write somebody off so quickly. Be open. That's interesting, the superficial part, because, you know, there's a there's a connotation associated with superficial that it's – there's a negative connotation yeah. associated with it. And the reality is that at some point in your life you need to have that superficial conversation. It keeps things light. It, can, it keeps life and the relationship spacious. It keeps the relationship and the dynamic open and, and curious. And it's in that curiosity that you become creative in the way you relate, in the way you communicate, in the way you express. And so if you limit how you're going to meet someone, you will limit the type of people that you meet as well. And that's a disservice to you. And importantly, it's a disservice to the people that you're meeting, the women that you may be able to impact, and of course, your children, because then you're limiting the quality of people, a woman that you can bring into your life that can also nurture and be a stepmother to your children as well. So there's more to just think about here than, hey, I I want to meet someone under a particular set of circumstances, but rather being really open to how that transpires and not placing limits or or expectations on what that looks like and how that plays out. Mm. And the final thing I'll say to Tom about putting yourself out there is ask. You know, that was a big thing I did when I put myself out there in the world. I'd say to people, you know, people would be like, what's the one thing you want this year? What are you looking for? How can I help? I'd say, well, I'm really looking to call on my partner and this is kind of what I'm looking for. And if you know anyone, I appreciate introductions. I was really open about it and vulnerable about it. And sometimes, especially, I I see a lot of people have shame around being single and shame around wanting that. So, So literally put yourself out there, ask for it. And like we're both saying, be open. So thank you, Tom, for your question. So before we wrap up, this episode, and we'll come back and do more, but I kind of wanted to keep this short and sweet. I wanted to go back to the boyfriend that cheated Mm -hmm. because I could kind of hear in my head Nicole asking, like, well, what kind of work does he need to do? Like, Mm -hmm. how does one resolve? Like, what causes someone to cheat? And Mm -hmm. how do they heal that? You know, because we kind of talked to her about, like, the work she needs to do, right, and the self-worth and the how she brought that in and the work she needs to do. But what do you think is at the root of, and this was a man that did it, so a man cheating, and what are the issues to address and how does one do that? So there are many reasons as to why her boyfriend perhaps cheated. And, of course, it's difficult for us to know that without speaking to him. But the work that not needs to be done because it's always a choice, but mm-hmm. the work that can be done on, on his part is to get to the bottom of the why. And to really understand himself and what he wants and what he needs and why was he being dishonest and what does that dishonesty represent and what are his fears around that and what is he running from? These are some of the questions that he needs to ask himself or that he can ask himself. And in that process, it's a tremendous practice. See, men are very good at being, people in general are very good at being hard on themselves. Mm. Men in particular are really good at being hard on themselves. So are women. (laughs) We can duke it out on who's harder on themselves, who gets that trophy. I don't know know if I want to fight a woman on that one. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. But the way we speak to ourselves sometimes and the way we think about ourselves is is harsh toxic dysfunctional it's it's unhealthy it's dysfunctional it's extreme and it's because largely because we haven't been taught 
how to feel our feelings. Right. And we've been told by society, by our family, by our peers, by our father figures, by our paternal father figures that feeling is unhealthy. Feeling is not boys, is not for boys. Weak. It's weak. It's reserved for, for women. It's reserved for the female. It's reserved for the feminine. It's not reserved for men. And so we cultivate this practice and a very strong habit of not feeling our feelings. So in times like this, when we conduct extreme behavior where we've said we're going to be someone and we've acted out of integrity and we haven't kept our word, so we haven't been impeccable with our word, it's an opportunity for us to look at why. And again, not why are we suffering, although that's part of it to some extent, at least at the beginning, but more so why are we here learning this and what can it do for us? Mm -hmm. What can it teach me about me, something unconscious within me that I'm not seeing that is driving my behaviour overtly in the world, but it's unconscious and I can't feel it and how do I get to the bottom of that? And that opens up a massive opportunity for us to look deeper. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, if we don't couple that with at least an attempt to be kind and compassionate to ourselves, again, feel the guilt and the shame, understand the source of that, connect to that, be with that, but move through that, not bypass it, but move through that so that we can be compassionate with ourselves. That will help with understanding who we are and why we behave the way we behave. And then we can make a decision as to whether we want to keep that behavior or discard that behavior and replace it with something that's more conducive to our values and who we truly wish to be in the world, not who we're masking to be in the world. Because yeah. men are very good at this. We're all very good at this, is placing masks on ourselves to hide the truth of who we are because we're mm. embarrassed, because we're scared. Well, yeah, and I think probably the core issue that we mentioned with Nicole about the self-worth, it's he probably has the same issue. And mm. in the other woman, it's that that quick fix of validation, that quick External fix of, of I'm desired, someone else wants me, and and Nicole, like, that's more what he was looking for than the other woman. It wasn't about her. It was about the feeling he got from doing that, that temporarily eased his pain of self-worth. But in the long run, is just going to make him feel worse because he's probably going to have guilt and remorse. But so much of, I think, this for both of you and why this can be a beautiful thing for you to heal independently and together, at the root of this, it feels like a self-worth issue. Yeah. It also feels like an issue that He's unable to be with himself and in relationship fully. And, and this is an issue that most men face. They feel that they lose a great deal of themselves mm -hmm. in relationship and so they seek, again, that external validation or they seek that stimulus to be treated as if, hey, I am worthy of something, I do carry value and I still have the freedom to make the choices that I want. Yeah. Although they want to be in relationship, they're torn because – Something that I faced personally was this this challenge of how do I actually be free and be in relationship because I still want to be in relationship mm -hmm. but I also want to be free. And for me it was many years of work on that, many years of attention paid to that that allowed me to realise I can be free in intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. it's, more, it's more than a perception, obviously. It's far more than just holding a, a perspective. I had to release deep wounding around that and deep pain and fear around that, uh, that I had around that to get to a place where I realised that I dictate the terms of my freedom, not my external circumstances, yeah. whether I'm in a relationship or not. And the moment I really got that was the moment I, I, I never felt greater freedom than being in a relationship. Mm. And, and, you know, you and I, mm -hmm. or how I feel with you is a testament to that mm. massively. Like I feel 
so free in our relationship, yet this is the deepest, most intimate, closest relationship I've ever had. Yeah. Because a couple of reasons. One, I've been so close to myself. Right. And I've equilibrated and I've moved through, I've I've neutralized so many fears that have caused me to act in the shadow, to act unconsciously, to act in a way that is coming from survival instead of actually just being at peace with who I am. Yeah. And that's that's a really again, but what taught me that was dysfunction in my life. What taught me that was an opportunity to look at the choices I was making and really ask myself, is this the man and is this the person I want to be? Yeah. Well, that's what those expectation hangovers do. They open that (laughs) door to healing. So Nicole or anyone listening, you may be wondering, well, like, how can he heal and who helps men do this? Well, Steph actually (laughs) has a program because so much, you know, I, I, I think I can speak poorly when I say like, the kind of man you are now and how you show up in relationships and just the way your life is, is it's far different than who you were five, 10 years ago. It's and far different who I was two years ago, yeah. three years ago. And and in a lot of ways, I, I think there were times when you didn't even think it was possible to feel this way. Very much. It's still, it's still a surprise to me sometimes. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You're a surprise to me too a lot of the time. <laughs> but this is his passion is really helping men deal with a lot of these issues that we've been talking about. People in general, he works with men and women, but you've got a program for men coming up. So why don't you tell people where they can go learn about that? Sure. So the program, the website is uh, reclaimyourkingdom.com. And it's a three-month immersive online journey for men. It's a highly transformative journey where we discuss principles of masculinity, how to be a healthy man in the world, how to relate to self, how to gain holistic health in the world, how to improve our relationships, gain confidence, stand in what I call vertical vulnerability where we understand ourselves, we have a connection to self, and we can still express ourselves and so that we can be heard, that we can see others, that, that we care about, that we can truly understand others and really just enrich our relationships, our purpose, in our lives, including our, our physical health, our mental health, emotional health, and our sexual health as well. Mm. So it's a, it's a really comprehensive program. And we it's, get a lot of coaching from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We, we connect every week. There's a private group as well that there's daily activity in there. And you really have the support of many other like-minded and like-hearted men. And so compassion plays a big role in this as well. And we learn how to be compassionate, uh, heart-based warriors as well. And so <laughs> the, fun, the fundamental program is called the Conscious Warrior and Reclaim Your Kingdom is an extension of the framework of the conscious warrior. So I'll put that link in the show notes again, reclaimyourkingdom.com. And then of course, there's always personal mastery, which is my ongoing online course where you get lots of support and coaching Mm. from me. And... Steph's a coach in that community as well. So you kind of get both of us in that one. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great community. community. So we are here to help. We are here to support you. We are here to serve you. If you want to get on the wait list for the podcast with me to be coached live on the air, that's also assist at christinehauser.com. And if you have more questions that you'd like me or both of us to answer, then email the lovely Sarah at assist at christinehauser.com. Sending you all so much love and many blessings until next time. Mm